Morton is often called the NFT OG. He is a pioneer in the fields of blockchain, cryptocurrencies and augmented reality. What sets this Danish Viking apart is his knowledge and experience to help leading brands move from Web 2.0 to Web 3. Morton's expertise shines like a supernova and we couldn't be more pleased to welcome him to the podcast for the second time with a heartwarming talk titled Ego's Retreat, Balancing Personal Pride and Company Prosperity. Let's listen to Morton. Thank you very much for that kind of like um, introduction. I think it's a little bit uh, intimidating somehow. I'm just me. Um, so I've always been kind of like just down on earth, but I really appreciate that, Nevin. Thank you very much for having me back. Uh, also, thank you to Ilavandi. Thank you to Singapore FinTech Festival. We're going to see each other again in November, I know. Uh, of course, Nordic FinTech Week and Copenhagen FinTech Week. So I want to start with something where imagine you are standing naked on the street. So why is standing naked on the street actually relevant for my talk? It goes back to when I started in this whole thing. When I'm an avid gamer, I played tons of games, hence my figure. Uh, so as you can see that buying assets, owning assets in gaming, I kind of like assumed that I owned these. This was kind of like you know, my property. But when I actually read the white paper for the Ethereum, it kind of like hit me. Everything is actually centralized. So I actually don't own anything. So what happens if they shut down the servers? I can lose everything I actually own, or they can ban me, because they say, like, you maybe uh, kind of like have trespassed, or you have not done kind of like following our rules. So for me, that was kind of like, like if, if you're not a gamer and you don't kind of like can relate to this, imagine you're going into your favorite clothing shop. You're buying the perfect outfit. You're ready to party. It's Friday night. Then you go out down the street. Suddenly, the store actually goes bankrupt. And you're standing naked on the street, lost everything you own, and just like, what happened? That is the reality, actually, what I could transfer into what I see. And when I realized that, I was a man on a mission. I need to change this, not only just for my sake, but also for any kind of gamer in this sector. So that's where, basically, I started exploring how can I use the technology and create something truly unique. And I actually got the inspiration from my son. My son was inspiring me because we moved back from Spain, and I saw him playing on his PlayStation, sitting there all day, sun was shining outside. He was communicating with his friends back in Spain, but his friends in Denmark also said, come outside, we want to play. So he was kind of like trapped in the middle. So I said, you know, the future must be mobile. You know, we have to make sure that these young people, because they want to be active, and how can I create a new experience for them, but where they can be active and they can be mobile? So I created a groundbreaking uh, mobile concept, basically combining augmented reality, first-point shooter, blockchain, all the buzzwords. And we were the first company actually in the world creating that one. So as we grew, we won tons of awards. We were really successful. And I started the company. And my problem was already then as a founder, my skills was very limited to a certain piece of skill sets. This is what I was good at, but I needed to team up with other people. 
So I got introduced to uh, a really good friend, uh, Torben Mygaard, who was the CEO of Cyclum, a big IT company with 3,500 people, uh, very well known, and said to him, Torben, you need to look at this because you have uh, you know, access to funding, you have access to IT specialists, and I need your help. And he said, Morton, it looks cool, but I have no fucking clue what mobile games is and if this technology, because it's something so new, I have no idea. But this guy out here actually has. So he introduced me to now my, my co-founder also, together with Torben, uh, Tony Pierce, who was a veteran in mobile games. And then we kicked it off. We started the company. Suddenly, the three of us together started this one. And we immediately got so much traction. We were new. We were pioneers in this space. We could see and, and had really success taking very big brands into from Web 2 into Web 3 using blockchain technology. It was BBC, it was ITV, it was FIFA, it was pro cycling, etc., etc. All the big brands wanted to kind of like explore how can we get into this one? And quickly we were able to use our background in gaming, the perfect gamification, actually just try to engage people, bring progression, bring loyalty programs and so on, build it in. So Again, everything was just like unicorns and rainbows because happy days, we were thriving, suddenly we grew. And just to show a beautiful picture, actually the last picture I have, and I'm going to uh, explain to you why. Uh, me, Torben, and Tony together, um, after we actually won an award, another award for Reality Clash, and we were thriving, we were just uh, signed a deal with BBC back then. And our company was thriving, and actually we grew to 65 people very quickly. And in that scaling period, everything is fine. You know, co-founders talking together, all good, we agree, we are aligned. The problem was that tragically we lost Tobin. Um, and, um, and Tony and I, we continued, um, which was a, a big loss because suddenly the dynamic in the co-founder group actually changed uh, quite a lot. And that's where the cracks began to happen. Not only just like we were two, only two co-founders back or left, the problem was that in a bull market, everything is happy. Things just go pounding out there. It's easy to convert. Everybody's in. People have money. VCs are standing on your door just ready to invest. The problem was especially in our sector where we suddenly saw all the media coming in where free is dead, NFTs is scam. We saw a lot of projects out there that basically were just rock pulling, scamming people. And of course, that also affected us. So there was suddenly a bear market happening. And how do you navigate in a bear market? And that's where we saw as co-founders the cracks starting to come, where we actually weren't aligned on how we're going to basically challenge this or take this one because it was for me it was kind of like it was proving our resilience to this new reality that we were facing and for me it was kind of like as a CEO and also the person I am I need to be innovative I need to be kind of like finding the wave in, in, in the new reality and it, for me it was frustrating it was frustrating that I came up with ideas, I saw that how the sector, the, basically the fintech now moving into uh, gaming, I could see that the technology was changing and suddenly everything was coming together which made perfect sense in my head.
And I made the models, I created the whole thing, pitched it to, of course, my co-founder uh, and my management team. And uh, my co-founder, he was not interested. He said, no, nah, I don't believe in it. I don't believe in this. So he was more what I call a manager. He wanted to manage the status quo, saying that I'm happy with this. Let's just double down on this one. This is what we're really good at. Let's not just like risk it all on something new. And actually, for me, that was super frustrating. Not only just as a CEO, because I'm kind of like, yeah, but why maintain something that isn't working? It doesn't make sense in my head. So I kind of like, on a personal level, got very angry. I, I was, went through the whole emotional kind of register, because angry, sad, like, why don't you get this? Can't you see this is actually where also industry leaders are telling that the things is moving? So why don't you listen to me? So I felt it was very personal. And the problem, one of the problems was that we were actually, I'm situated in Denmark, and the company is in the UK. So I felt like I was fighting a battle across the sea. And uh, as an old Viking or Viking DNA, it was, it was really, it was challenging for me because also my ego in some way, which was the driver behind the company to start with, where just like, you know, let's just get cracking, sleepless night out there, right? But suddenly that ego also where I was kind of like, but, but why are you not seeing this? So am I actually the problem at the end? Because why try to fix something that is working? I get it. We still sign up. We, we are still one of the leading companies in the world doing this. But from my perspective, it wasn't sustainable. We needed more legs to stand on. We need more revenue streams to come in and actually make sure that we could secure the company moving forward because the reality changed. But fighting across the sea, asking all these questions, harsh questions to myself, also make me wonder, so am I actually the problem at the end? Is it me that needs to change? And I think going through that journey as a, as a founder, especially me founding the company, was, was really hard, but also very rewarding, because suddenly it kind of like made me realize that I've actually, I maybe need to step down. I actually, I've hired a team who is so good. They are experts in these fields. So maybe I should actually just make sure that I don't, even though I didn't do it, I didn't micromanage, but it felt like micromanaging in some way. So let me just hold back and try and let the company and the team itself just thrive. And I could see it. It worked really, really well. But on an ego perspective, it was kind of like, so, so was I the problem all along? And I didn't feel like it. I still don't feel like it. But I can also see now it's the strongest move that I'm now preparing, stepping down as a CEO, because, not because I've lost faith in the company, but actually because I have faith in the company. I have faith in my co-founder. I have faith in my teammates. And that, for me, is the most important thing. And even though I'm now preparing my next adventure, uh, I just want to say to any kind of co-founder or founders out there, uh, make sure to, to talk about the harsh reality when everything is good, everything is thriving, then you're happy, happy days. But you need to talk about how we're going to basically manage and, and navigate in, uh, in negative uh, situations. And uh, it's, it's about being positive in these negative situations. And sometimes, for the greater good of the company, 
you need to be stepping down. And I will, I will end with um, basically Barcelona's uh, slogan, so Mezca un club. There's nobody above the club. And the same thing, there's nobody above the company, even a co-founder. So I'm proud now to see that now basically facing and, and preparing my step down, then uh, of course there is a new reality. And the new reality is that how do we actually navigate and inform our investors? Because as you know, investors invest in the, co uh, in the founders also, uh, but that's a whole other story. So thank you very much for listening.